six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football 101. I'm your host, Jake Rip, and you are listening to the 101 of Fantasy Football Podcasts. On last week's episode, D. Hall and I talked some super sneaky sleepers. Uh, guys who everyone in your league is sleeping on. Guys who are going to go undrafted in your redraft leagues. Guys that aren't being talked about enough in your dynasty leagues. Go back check out that episode. Uh, we've had a lot of positive feedback from it, so I know you'll enjoy it. One of the names we talked about in that episode, the first name we talked about in that episode was Jarek McKinnon. And this was before news came out this week, just a couple days ago, that Raheem Mostert is requesting a trade from the San Francisco 49ers. Raheem Mostert, is a really polarizing guy in the fantasy football community because it seems like a lot of people are really all in on this guy. His ADP is starting to creep into the earlier rounds, and you see his name starting to get thrown in there with guys who are real workhorse backs, and we know that's not what Raheem Mostert is. He's a committee back. That's the way San Francisco runs their offense, and uh, people knew that when they're taking Raheem Mostert. They just accept it because he went on a tear at the end of last season. It's a full case of recency bias, especially if you had him on your team last year because a lot of people wrote him to a championship. This is a guy who scored nine touchdowns in his last six or so games, which totally inflated his fantasy points, inflated his production, made him look a lot better than he really was. Now, this isn't to say that Raheem Mostert was bad. I mean, he led the league in yards per carry last year with 5.6 yards per carry. Very impressive. He was the RB7 from weeks 12 through 17. But let's take a step back now and this is going to be a tough one. Remove Raheem Mostert from the San Francisco offense. An offense where Matt Breda was pretty good. An offense where Tevin Coleman had his games. And let's look at what he's done early in his career. We're talking about a guy who's been on seven different rosters between 2015, when the Eagles signed him as an undrafted free agent, and 2016, when he ultimately signed with San Francisco. Seven rosters in less than three years. This guy has been cut, released, waived, cut, released, waived. Time and time again, failing to make the final roster for any of these teams. This is a guy that multiple offensive coordinators have had looks at, multiple running back coaches have had looks at, and he keeps getting cut. You can't convince me that this guy is this great talent that has only just been discovered by Kyle Shanahan and finally unleashed on the world at age 27. I just can't buy it. Even with that 5.6 yards per carry, I was never in on Raheem Mostert. I mean, we're talking about seven rosters in three years, multiple teams per season. Raheem Mostert only saw two NFL carries across seven teams before the 49ers ultimately ended up giving him carries. But just two carries in that whole time in his career. 
Now, am I the only guy who finds it a tad, just a little egregious that the guy who got the axe from seven rosters in a span of two years is now asking to be traded away from the one team that finally gave him a real opportunity to have success, and he found that success, and now he wants out? He wants out from a roster that's going to run the ball at the second highest rate in the league, a a team that's going to run the ball over... 50% of the time, he wants no part of. Now, I know it's ultimately not about going to a team where he's going to find more success, where he's going to get more opportunity. It all comes down to money. Money talks. And Raheem Mostert was set to make less than $3 million in 2020, which admittedly is absurdly low. Um, I don't know what was going on behind the curtains. I'm sure discussions have been had. But at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan doesn't need a workhorse running back on his roster that's going to sit there and chew up cap space. Kyle Shanahan has been a guy who runs his offenses with really random type running backs. I mean, you look back in his career, guys like Steve Slayton, Roy Hallou, uh, Alfred Morris, Terrence West, Isaiah Crowell, and more recently, Mr. Devonta Freeman. Uh, who actually happens to still be a free agent searching for a contract at the moment. And one has to wonder if Kyle Shanahan is keeping his ears and eyes open and maybe he has an open line of communication with Mr. Devonta Freeman. And who knows? Before the start of the season, we might see Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman reunited, this time in the San Francisco backfield, a San Francisco backfield that's going to run the ball more than they did in Atlanta. I'm just saying it could happen. Look out for it. It wouldn't shock me in the least. These these are two guys who already have an existing relationship. Devonta Freeman was one of the best, if not the best, running backs in fantasy football when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. Keep your eyes open for it, assuming Raheem Mostert jumps ship and goes elsewhere. That being said, I I really don't see a team willing to pay up for a 28-year-old running back with a resume of just six solid weeks of production throughout four years on seven different teams. I just don't see it happening. Now, I stand corrected on what I said before regarding Moser's touchdowns. He scored eight total touchdowns in his final six games of the season. Now, let's say he had scored a modest, yet still impressive, four touchdowns in those six games. He would have averaged 12.2 fantasy points per game, which would have had him finish as the RB17 over that period of time. Uh, That's James White level of production, level of fantasy finish. This is a guy who started to creep into that uh, fifth, fourth round. People were taking this guy as their RB2 in drafts. I just never saw it happening. I don't see it happening this year. I really don't even see a team where he can land and still find production. Definitely not production like he was getting in in San Francisco, but maybe he gets a bigger paycheck. I think it'll be short-lived. If you have Raheem Mostert in Dynasty, I'm sorry. You heard it here. You lose. I don't think you're going to be able to move him. I think we've seen the best from Raheem Mostert. I don't think he'll ever be as good for fantasy as he was in the back half of the 2019 season. Uh, I, I think we saw the ceiling with those massive touchdowns. In the words of Metallica, it's sad but true. That's enough talking about Raheem Mostert for one day. That might be the last we talk about Raheem Mostert for the rest of the season. Uh, That's to be determined. We'll see where the guy ends up. 
Uh, if he does find a new team and he gets that contract that he wants, we'll touch on that. We'll cover it. But until then, the show must go on. Today, we're going to do a little mock draft with my brother Tyler and Mr. D. Hall himself. Let's get him on. And now, please welcome the Timex wearing, spirit flying, Toyota riding, Woo! fantasy football ranking. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm having a hard time keeping these alligators on the ground. D Hall. All right, boys and girls, we are back. We're here to do some mock drafting, and this is going to be the second time through. Because for the second consecutive podcast in a row, I forgot to hit the record button right off the bat. Uh, we didn't get to any picks so far, but I'm going to ask you again, Donnie, because the people didn't hear it. How you doing, man? <laughs> oh, that was terrible. What was that? Listen, listen. For those of you that don't know. That sounded like some kind of creature from down under. That is the original D Hall woo. That's not even a Rick Flair woo. Okay, so listen. It that, sounded gross. That's the point. So that woo has a backstory. Okay, years ago I went up to Jackson's camp, the Madden Curse, and you. We talked to them a couple podcasts ago. J Money, baby. J Money, the Bud Light Guru, up at the camp. I got so drunk the one night that I I was literally just doing that the entire night. So it became my thing. So, that is the original D. Hall Wu. Well, right it's there, disgusting. I hope you don't hang on to that. And uh, well, <laughs> and we'll move on. So, we're going to do some mock drafting. This is going to be the first redraft mock that I've done so far this year. Pretty pumped about it. Uh, the settings we're going to use are two quarterback, just like you and I are so used to. Jay, can I, can I interrupt you for one thing before we get into this draft? And I think this is kind of cool because we, uh, as, a, as a league, we take big pride in how we select our draft order. And I think that we need to talk about this because fantasy football is ultimately we do it because it's fun, right? Uh, in our league, we, we do the league that, you know, we, that me and Jay kind of grew up in and cut our teeth in. It's a two-quarterback league, which is what we're going to do today. Um, we do always something very cool to select our draft order. Normally, we do like the Belmont Stakes. We all get a horse. We throw them in a hat. And whoever horses wins, they get to pick where they want to go in the draft order. It gets everyone together, and it makes the draft order a lot more fun than just kind of entering a room and figure out what pick you have. And it never fails. I get a shitty horse every single time that has like a wounded leg and just limps its way to the finish line, and I get the last pick on the board. It never fails. Now, never fails. Now this year, we actually are changing up because of COVID. My brother came up with the idea of setting up a UFC, uh, like gaming UFC tournament, where all the fighters are completely equal. So all we're going to do is go over our the guy who holds the draft's house. Uh, we're going to... Each make a fighter. All the stats are going to be equal, so every single fight's going to be equal, and it's going to be a bracket style tournament. Whoever wins gets to select their spot, and uh, that's what that's what fantasy football is all about: having fun with your buddies and uh, and taking their money, baby. That's it, baby. That's it. That's it. All right, let's get this sucker started. I'm excited. Now we're recording. Uh, Donnie is going to be picking out of the three spot. My brother Tyler is going to join us picking out of the ten spot, and I will be at the turn at twelve. And we'll let you know what the picks are. And here we go. 
Draft is underway. Off the bat, we have Christian McCaffrey off the board, number one, followed by Pat Mahomes. Again, this is a two-quarterback league, not a super flex league, but a two-quarterback league nonetheless. And Donnie is up at the three spot. Who are you eyeing up here? So, Jake, uh, you know, before you hit the record button, I was at six, and I moved my spot down to three because I didn't like who was at six. Uh, full disclosure. <laughs> uh, I, I got to I mean, imagine your guy's there now. He's there. He's not the the ultimate guy that I wanted, but he's there. And I'm going to select with the 1.03 Mr. Lamar Jackson. Oh, did not see that coming. Got to be honest with you. Did not see that coming, but I like it. Can't argue with a running back and a quarterback in the same position. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. If Lamar Jackson plays 16 games, I don't think there's any questioning. That guy is money. After Lamar Jackson goes, uh, Saquon Barkley at 104, followed by Alvin Kamara, the first receiver, Devontae Adams off the board, Ezekiel Elliott, Deshaun Watson, Michael Thomas. My brother takes Derrick Henry at the 110. Uh, oh, my God, you snake. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't make it back to me, but that's awesome. He might have been listening to the show. Who knows? Oh, I'm all in on Derrick Henry. Followed by Dalvin Cook, and now I am on the clock. And I, I took the 112 for a specific reason, and it's because you and I very recently did the Zero RB podcast, and I think I want to try this strategy out, implement it, and see how it looks for me at the end because right now I'm looking at the wide receivers, and I like what I see. I'm going to go Mr. Julio, touchdown Jones, with my first pick. Shocker. Shocker. Falcons fan takes Julio Jones. Uh-huh. And I'm going to double tap that, and I'm going to go Tyreek Hill with my second pick. Wow. You went Hill over Hopkins. Yeah, man. You know what? And if Hopkins was still in Houston, it would be a different story. It would be uh, Hopkins and Julio on my team. But I just don't see any way that he maintains what he was doing in Houston I don't think he's going to take that over to Arizona. There's going to be problems adjusting to a new quarterback. He's still Hopkins, but uh, it's a different change of scenery for the guy. I'll be honest with you, man. I'm kind of surprised. Uh, and, but you, and you know I, what you're... I understand, and the I thing understand is, your thought process. I don't like taking risks early in the draft. I want to know what I'm getting. I, I know what I'm getting out of Julio Jones, and I know what I'm getting out of Tyreek Hill, t- uh, yeah. tethered to Pat Mahomes, so... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so at this pick... Uh, you well, know, hold on hold on a second. After Tyreek Hill went on the way back, it was Nick Chubb, then DeAndre Hopkins to my brother, who you just mentioned. It's like he's, read, it's like he's listening to this live or something. <laughs> Russell Wilson, the uh, fourth quarterback off the board, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Chris Godwin, Dak Prescott, and D. Hall, you're up. All right, so at this pick, Jake, I'm looking at the best player available, according to Sleeper, is Kyler Murray... Uh, you have Aaron Jones, Kenny Galladay, Travis Kelsey, Mike Evans, George Kittle. So, Jake, I'm not going to pick a quarterback here because I'm not a big component of going quarterback-quarterback that leaves your other positions very weak. I agree. And uh, on top of that, you know, I'll get to kind of my strategy uh, when you're at the middle towards the front or back end of the draft. Um, from Tech, here, We have a text rolling in from my brother saying this podcast must be five hours long given how long these picks are taking. Tell me he needs to calm down. All right. <laughs> Tell me he needs to start a hockey podcast and calm down. You heard it here, Ty. I know you're listening. We're gonna um we're gonna go with a guy that uh really carried me a lot last year. I really believe in him. Um some people don't. Uh Jake, I know you're not the biggest fan of him, but I'm going with Mr. Aaron Jones. Oh, yeah. Not a per- not a pick I would have made personally, but I mean you gotta take your guys. Aaron Jones led the league in uh rushing touchdowns last year. 
and he's and, he's gonna need that to be up there again this year. He's you know if AJ Dillon starts to eat into that workload, that could be problematic. But he was a stud last year, so who's to say he can't do it again this year? I think AJ Dillon and Jonathan or, and uh, Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams are gonna cut, uh, cancel each other out. So, and I think that leaves wheels out for uh, Aaron Jones. Fair enough. After uh, Donnie picks Aaron Jones, it goes George Kittle as the first tight end off the board, followed by Kyler Murray, Amari Cooper, Josh Allen, and Donnie, you're right back up again. And this is great, Jake. And if any, if for anyone that listens to our podcast regularly, they know what I preach. And I, it was a coin flip. I'm not going to lie. It was a coin flip for me at the last pick between two guys. I picked the one guy that I wanted, and the other guy came right back around to me. And Jake, I'm sure you know who I'm going to pick here. I'm going to take Mr. Travis Kelsey. Oh, nice pick. Nice pick. Travis Kelsey, uh, the the tight end one for most drafters, including myself. Uh, and that leaves Donnie's team looking like Lamar Jackson, Aaron Jones, and Travis Kelsey heading into the fourth round. After Travis Kelsey off the board, it goes Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, Melvin Gordon, Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders, Leonard Fournette. My brother takes Chris Carson as his second running back. So his team right now is Derrick Henry, Chris Carson, and DeAndre Hopkins. Not bad. No, and you know what? I expected Carson to fall a little more. My brother was kind of on top of it, but I've seen a lot recently that Carson falls into the fourth round, and he's a guy that really no one's talking about. But yeah. uh, if he's carrying the workload, again, in Seattle, which should be a high-powered offense. Yeah, and I think Penny's going to be hurt for the first part of the season, too. So I think he's going to get a lion's share of the carries right off the bat. Yeah, and he was getting that lion's share even when Rashad Penny was active. So like you said Even more so now yeah yep. like you said with aaron jones it's wheels up for chris carson after carson goes odo beckham jr is taken and i am back on the clock um i said i was gonna go zero rb and let's see looking at the players here i think i'm gonna stick with that strategy i know i'm gonna stick with that strategy because i'm gonna go wide receiver with this first pick and take a guy that i'm super high on this year and that is mr Allen robinson Jake, three wide receivers off the bat. You're certainly uh, practicing what you preach right now. Yes, yes. This feels like the Bud Light guru from a couple years ago. Four wide receivers with his first four picks. Um, oh, my God. I'm not going to go with a fourth wide receiver here. Considering we only start three, that seems a little ambitious uh, or a little like I'm digging my heels too much into the zero RB strategy. Uh, so I'm either going quarterback or running back with this pick. And looking at the running backs, there's a guy here who I have to have who I think has a huge ceiling this year. Rise up, baby. I'm going Todd Gurley. Shocker. The Falcons fan has two Falcons on his team. Man, you and know what? I, I almost regret that because now I'm looking at Kenyon Drake was there, and those guys are really neck and neck for me. But, yeah, maybe the Falcons thing puts it over the edge for Todd Gurley. Hey, I can't disagree with you. Todd Gurley is one year removed from being the best running back in the game. After Todd Gurley goes, uh, Cooper Cup off the board. My brother selects Tyler Lockett as his second wide receiver. What are your thoughts on Tyler Lockett as far as him and DK Metcalf? Is Tyler Lockett still the wide receiver one in Seattle, or do you think he kind of takes a backseat to DK this year? I think he. I could. I think it's going to be very similar to what we had in Minnesota the past few years. I think it's going to be 1A, 1B. I think that DK is going to take a step forward this year. I mean, he's a big body dude that uh, that Russell Wilson likes to hit. And everyone talked about how raw he was. 
certainly did not look raw last year. He looked really good. No, not at all. And uh, he's a true alpha receiver. But Tyler Lockett is a target monster. They use him a lot in the red zone. So yes, he is. Uh, that pick could pay off for him. After Tyler Lockett, it goes Adam Thielen, Cortland Sutton, Aaron Rodgers, Stephon Diggs, Kenyon Drake, and Debo Samuel. I, I want to also mention that I noticed my brother has not taken a quarterback yet. Neither have I, so both of us still quarterbackless through four rounds of the draft. And Donnie, you are on the clock with your fourth pick. Who do you got? All right, Jake. So I'm going to do something a little different than what I normally do. I usually wait on this particular position to later on the draft. I'm going to take a defense. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Donnie's got jokes. I am going to actually take someone that I think has a very good chance of finishing the number one overall in his position. Hold on. What, what, what position is it? Can I guess? Yes. Who is it? Or what position? Go ahead. Guess. If I mean, you didn't say what the position was. I, I don't know. Can finish number one at what? Quarterback? Yes. It's going to be Drew Brees. Yes, it is. Oh, yes, yes. I think I think with Drew Brees this year, Jake, you look at the weapons that he has around him with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders, who is a stud. Yes, and it can't be understated having a healthy Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield. Oh, Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield with Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas, the best wide receiver in the game. Boy, oh boy. I posted my quarterback rankings on Twitter today and uh I actually had Drew Brees as my QB3. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Someone I and I, I had a comment on it something along the lines of Drew Brees can't be QB3 because the guy doesn't throw the ball deep. I mean That's trash. That's trash. Ten, Ten Ginn was a, a thing last like 2 years ago. So come on. Yeah. I mean look who Drew Brees has around him. He's going to complete a high percentage of passes because he keeps the ball in a safe, you know. Safe passes. He moves the chains. They score touchdowns. The Saints are going to be a potent offense this year. I really like that pick. And I really like the way your team looks right now because your two quarterbacks are Lamar Jackson and Drew Brees, Aaron Jones at running back, Travis Kelsey at tight end. Still no receiver. Um, the four players that won off the board are Ridley, Matt Ryan, Le'Veon Bell, and David Montgomery. Is this where you take a receiver? This is, Jake. And it's not even the first or second wide receiver that you see available. I'm going to take a guy that we talked about recently on a podcast, a guy that I'm very high on, and a guy that's straight garbage time, and you know where I'm oh, going with this. Oh, rip my heart out. Go ahead and just say it. Mr. DJ Chark. Oh, just pull the band-aid. Yeah, I love DJ Chark, man. Um, he's a guy with a lower ADP. You got him in the fifth round and realistically has a chance to sneak into that top 10 wide receiver conversation. Absolutely. I mean – I look at the guys that I have. They're all pretty consistent. DJ Chark has the opportunity to be a top five or a receiver. That's a lottery ticket with some really good upside. Give me that type of player all day long. Yep. Great pick. Uh, that was followed by David Johnson, T.Y. Hilton, Baker Mayfield. There goes DK Metcalf. Uh, Devin Singletary seems kind of early for me. Robert Woods. My brother selects Tom Brady, TB12, as his first quarterback. And you know what? I think I like that in the fifth round. I don't, yeah, Jake, I don't mind that at all. I mean, you look at Tom Brady with the weapons that he has around him. It could be an argument could be made that this is the best group of weapons he's ever had around him in his career. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even think there's much of an argument to be had because aside... The only argument is the 07 year when he had Randy Moss. And Wes Welker. And, and Wes Welker, yeah. yes. Um, after Tom Brady goes, it's Daniel Jones, and now I am up. There's By the way, I hate that Daniel Jones pick trash 
Yeah, I think he'll be it, terrible this year. I don't think he'll be terrible, but I think it was a little early for Daniel Jones. There's a lot of quarterbacks still on the I mean, board that I what, like. What pick is that? Uh, what, what quarterback is that off the board? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. I don't know, bro. I don't know about all that. Okay, so I'm I'm sort of torn here. I'm really torn here because I'm looking at three different positions that I really like, um, and one of them is not wide receiver, even though there's some nice receivers on the board. DJ Moore is a stud. He's out there. Um, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen. But I've got my first three receivers as Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, and Allen Robinson. I'm cool with that. Running back, Todd Gurley. There's really only one other running back I see on this list that I th- – man, am I torn here. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go running back. I'm not going to talk anymore on running back because we're going to see what happens there. And I'm just going to go with my instinct here and take my tight end. I'm going Mark Andrews. Jake, I think that's a good pick. I think that he is the last of the top tier tight ends available. Uh, I think it's I think it's clearly him, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. And then I think there's a massive drop off. So I think that's a great pick. Uh, and I for, actually forgot, I do have back-to-back picks here, and I'm looking at the quarterback list now, and there's a few solid ones there, but there's a, a big drop-off afterwards. So I'm going to bite the bullet here, and I'm going to take Mr. Matt Stafford. Jake, I, I don't mind that pick. I've been a Matt Stafford guy for years. The dude is the king of the comeback. He'll be down by 20 points. He'll never win the game, but he'll get you back in, and he'll score you know, 15, 20 points in the process. The Lions have one of those shitty defenses that you know is going to be giving up points uh, regardless of the addition of Jeff Okuda at cornerback. They've got Kenny Galladay in the offense. Marvin Jones is, I mean, Marvin Jones is good. They've got DeAndre Swift and Carrion Johnson out of the backfield. TJ Hawkinson at tight end. Yeah, that team is going to put up some points, and uh, I like Matt Stafford as my first quarterback there. I agree, Jake. After Matt Stafford, there goes DJ Moore, the guy I was looking at, the very next pick. And then my brother takes Keenan Allen. He's going to be, I don't know, he's he's a pretty polarizing player this year, but in the sixth round, not carrying much risk for a guy who's I mean, been consistent. Sixth round, and that's his third wide receiver too, Jake. Yeah, and he's like consistently commanded 100 targets year in and year out. Now, he doesn't have Phillip Rivers this year. Um, we really don't know who his quarterback's going to be. Where do you land on the uh, Chargers quarterback discussion? Do you think Herbert plays, or do you think it's going to be Tyrod Taylor? I think it's going to be very similar, Jake, to what we see in Miami. I think it's a punt year for not 100% a punt year, but as close as it gets for L.A. Uh, They need to rebuild that fan base out there or build a fan base in general. I think Tyrod plays maybe three-quarters of a season, and then Herbert comes in. Uh, like 10, 11, 12. After Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown is selected. James Conner goes. That was the running back I was looking at when I was uh, sitting there at the turn thinking about another one. I think James Conner is kind of being slept on this year. Uh, if he's healthy, he's good. The guy is money. Ben Roethlisberger's back. That offense is going to be fire again. Uh, I really like James Conner. Mark Ingram goes. Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, and then Jared Goff. Donnie is on the board, and ladies and gentlemen, this guy was licking his lips when the pick came to him, so I'm excited to see what happens here. Jake, this pick should not be a surprise to you. This is someone that I am all in on this year. Oh, no. We will be arguing on for the rest of the summer. Ladies and gentlemen, the 102. The 1.01 in redraft dynasty, or startup, or I'm sorry, redraft dynasty, Clyde Edwards 
Hell yeah. Realistically, a very good pick in that spot. Um, you know, in that potent Chiefs offense, that's an offense that's going to be putting up points. Uh, a very good receiving running back, tethered to Pat Mahomes. If he gets those goal line carries over Damian Williams, which is still kind of a toss-up at this point, because I do think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to handle the majority of the workload, maybe not right out of the gate, but he'll work his way up to it. Uh, he's going to be good. He's going to be really good for fantasy, I think, in 2020. Uh, Tyler Boyd goes after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Marlon Mack, Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup, and D. Hall. You're at it again. Okay, Jake. So at this pick, I'm looking at some of the players that are available. Yes, I only have one wide receiver. And that wide receiver, I feel like, is pretty safe. Um, he has, a, I would say, a pretty high floor just because of how many targets he's going to get. It, just looking at teams that are in front of me, this is how I do snake drafts, Jake. You look at the teams in front of you, the teams behind you. You look at what players they've already taken. Okay, he's drafted two quarterbacks already. I have to go through X amount of picks to get back to me. The likelihood of one of those quarterbacks getting back to me is whatever. Yep. So you got to always be doing that equation in your head. So that's why I kind of like to be around three, four, five, so I know what's coming back. So with all that being said, Jake, a ton of receivers. Pretty much every team has three wide receivers on the right-hand side of this draft, with the exception of two. I'm going to pass again on receiver, actually. Oh, nice. And your only receiver so far is DJ Chark going forward. I'm going to pass again at receiver. Okay. And I'm going to take another guy that I've been preaching all year. A guy that's a perfect flex. I'm going to take Mr. Kareem Hunt. Uh, yes, very nice. Kareem Hunt. Uh, this is a guy who could realistically... Uh, maybe second in targets for the Cleveland Browns is a little ambitious, but I think he could finish with more targets this year than Austin Hooper. Maybe not more than Landry or Odell Beckham, but I think he's going to be targeted all, often out of the backfield. Absolutely, and that's why I think, and, you know, I'm kind of in a sort of believing in the Browns this offseason. I just like what they're trying to do. I think Baker, you know, this is a prove-it year for Baker. I feel year like I've heard three, this all before. Year three, this is a prove-it year for Baker, so we'll see what happens, man. After Kareem Hunt, Hunter Henry goes off the board, followed by Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, A.J. Green, Phillip Rivers, Will Fuller, Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger goes to my brother uh, as his second quarterback, so he's going with a couple of old men as his QBs and Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger. It's like this is 2005. <laughs> hey, don't hate on that, though. Sometimes no, I can't. Can, can get it. I can't. That should be two high-powered uh, passing offenses. So, uh, yeah, I don't hate on that pick at all. Really like how your brother's team's shaping out. Yeah, it looks pretty good, and let's do an update on that. He's got Derrick Henry and Chris Carson at running back, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett, and Keenan Allen at receiver, all three guys that should see a lot of targets in their respective offenses, and Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger as his two quarterbacks. Brandon Cooks went after his last pick, and now I am on the clock. And let's see what we've got here. Um, quarterbacks are starting to look thin. I've got just Matthew Stafford. I also just have one running back in Todd Gurley, but I see some receivers that I really like here. Oh, oh, hold on. I see a receiver that I really like here. I don't even have to look at the running back list or the quarterback list because this guy has fallen way, way, way too far. We're at the end of the seventh round, and I'm going to snag me some Juju Smith-Schuster. Man, how does he look, go that long? Oh, I'm glad I did a little bit of scrolling. Yeah, I don't know if this list is based on current ADP, but that is highway robbery right there, folks. Yeah, that's. I would have taken him there. I thought he'd already been gone at that point. Jeez, oh, man. 
I'm going to slide back to the running back list now because, again, I just have Todd Gurley. A uh, couple guys I like here. You guys know I'm into Darius Geis. J.K. Dobbins is on this list. Jonathan Taylor, a couple solid rookies. It's really thin after that. I feel like now's the time to bounce on a, or to pounce, to bounce, to pounce on a running back. I'm going to go with Darius Geis. Wow, you are all in on that, dude. I am, man. I am. Anyone listening, uh, Donnie and I did just complete a trade in Dynasty. He sent me Darius Geis for my first round pick. That was pick 111 and Chase Edmonds. Uh, all in all, I thought that was actually a pretty fair deal. I do. Uh, I think Chase Edmonds is one injury away from being a top 10 back. So, you know, I, I like it. Yep, that's fair. And you even mentioned on our last podcast, that's exactly the move you want to make when you're making a trade in Dynasty. We already had what looked like a fair trade with the first overall, or not first overall, but the first round pick for mm-hmm. Darius Geis, but you get a little extra out of it. You know, yep. you know that's not something that's going to make or break the trade for me is giving up Chase Edmonds. So, uh, yeah, everyone wins in that trade. After Darius Geis goes Terry McLaurin, I was looking long and hard at him until I saw Juju Smith-Schuster on the board. And then I knew my brother was going to do it. Damn it. He took Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I just had a conversation with him about whether or not I think he's an RB2 or a high-end RB3. I just have such high expectations for this guy. I don't think RB2 is out of the question at all. If he takes the majority of the carries and Marlon Mack starts to take a backseat, this guy is going to light the NFL on fire. I'm telling you. 101, you heard it here, folks. I can't wait to drink that beer. I, might, <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to taste so good, that case of beer win. Uh, after Jonathan Taylor goes J.K. Dobbins. Brandon Ayuk, is he the first uh, rookie wide receiver taken? I believe so, yes. Interesting. Very interesting. Super interesting. With, well, with the loss of Debo Samuel, there's a lot of targets missing in that offense. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, C.D. Lamb's out there. Anyways, after that, another rookie tight end in T. Higgins goes. Uh, Marquise Brown, Marquise Brown, Ronald Jones, Devontae Parker, and Donnie is back on the clock. His only wide receiver is DJ Chark, and we're sitting here in the end of the eighth round. Is it wide receiver time, or are you still waiting? No, it's wide receiver time, Jake. And I'm going to take someone here that I know, especially now with the recent news, it's a no-brainer. Give me Julian Edelman. Very nice. Yeah, so I don't know how much of a step forward Julian Edelman takes with the Cam Newton signing. Like, this guy was always going to be the number one receiver in New England. I don't think Nikhil Harry I don't think Nikhil Harry overtakes him this year. But Cam Newton being there certainly doesn't hurt. In a year that we thought, like, okay, this guy had a noodle for an arm and he wasn't doing that great. He had a career high in completion percentage. I think it was like 67%. And that's where, that's where Julian Edelman lives, man. He lives in them short and intermediate routes. Yeah, so yeah, I could definitely see him feasting this year, uh, as he always seems to do, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, Julian Edelman was followed by Denzel Mims, Philip Lindsay, Sony Michelle, and Raheem Mostert. D. Hall, what do you got? So sometimes in drafts, you got to take what the draft gives you. Meaning, you look at the board, and you know I need obviously need another wide receiver still. I'm still looking at the board, but to me, I look at it like this. Say we're drafting this league for the for the year, which is what people listening should take this advice as. I'm going to pick a guy that I think has more value than anyone on the board in the trade market. I'm going to pick a guy, not at running back, not at wide receiver, and obviously not at tight end. I'm going to pick Julian Edelman's quarterback, Cam Newton. 
That's a very nice pick, and uh, he was a little further down on that list, but I like Cam Newton over all the other quarterbacks you see on this list, uh, some of those names being Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Teddy Bridgewater, Joe Burrow even. Cam Newton's athleticism is really unmatched by a lot of quarterbacks in the league, and that's being overlooked, I think. People forgot about just how good he is. He's been one of the best fantasy quarterbacks really of the past decade, and who knows? Maybe the, ch the change of scenery does some good for him. He seems to be healthy coming into this year. I really like that pick. Is that your that's your third quarterback? I love that pick. So here's what I here's my thought. Yes, Jake, it's my third quarterback in a two QB league. But what's bound to happen in the NFL, especially this year, injuries, uh, especially at the quarterback position. That dude, if he's even close, I could potentially have three top ten receivers or three top ten quarterbacks. And a top ten quarterback in a super flex league or a two quarterback league is about as good as a top five quarterback or top five running back. They're very, very valuable. Yeah. So I could potentially flip Cam Newton or Drew Brees for a top 15 receiver. And I don't even think it's going to take an injury to any quarterbacks for that to happen. Like, it doesn't have to happen. Cam Newton can become a top 10 quarterback with all the other quarterbacks in the NFL healthy. He has that in his range of outcomes I'm about an injury on another team's quarterback i understand like, i understand that but i'm saying if, if all the quarterbacks in the league are healthy cam newton can still finish as a top 10 quarterback that's possible yeah 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 i'm talking what i'm strictly saying is if there's a, another team in the league that takes it has an injury at quarterback and they need a quarterback that's where i jump in and slide up in there uh, slither my way in to offer him a trade to yes. get a top 15 receiver the, that I'm the snake himself slithers in <laughs> After Cam Newton, Evan Ingram is off the board. We are in round nine. Gardner Minshew, LaVisca Chenault, Carrion Johnson, way too early. TJ Hawkinson, Drew Locke. My brother selects Rob Gronkowski as his first tight end. It's a great pick. Yep, I agree. That is a great pick. Talk about a guy who could finish among the top eight tight ends. Usually selected outside of the top 15. We're in round nine. Again, there can't be enough said about the chemistry that he already has with TB12. No brainer, man. And and it's not like defenses can focus on him. That's <laughs> they, big. You know, they, got, they got Mike Evans. They got Chris Godwin. That's important know? because that was a huge part of how Austin Hooper was such a big success in Atlanta was because defenses were drawn to Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley's route running is astonishing. And yes, it is. you think these guys have time to pick up Austin Hooper? No. And Matt Ryan recognizes that, and uh, Austin Hooper's able to capitalize. And I think it's going to be much of the same for Rob Gronkowski this season. After Rob Gronkowski goes Derek Carr, and I am back on the clock. I still only have one quarterback, and I think it's about time to change that. We're getting into dangerous territory here with QBs. I really don't like that it even got this far, to be honest with you. I'm looking at Ryan Tannehill, Teddy Bridgewater, Joe Burrow, Sam Darnold, uh, yeah, Haskins, Fitzpatrick. I am going to go with Teddy Bridgewater. I don't love it. I don't love Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback, but you know where I'm going with this. The weapons around him are sort of unmatched to any other team in the league. Um, my two quarterbacks might have the two worst defenses in the league in Detroit yes. and Carolina. So, yep. if anything, it's two offenses that are going to throw a lot. Uh, two offenses that have great receiving options, even out of the backfield. Of Atlanta. Well, Atlanta's pretty bad. Yeah, Atlanta's got a pretty terrible defense, too. Um, so, I got back-to-back -back picks here. I've got Teddy Bridgewater and Matt Stafford now. 
I could use another running back. Let's see what we got there. Damian Williams is on the board. Oh, boy. Running backs are poopy right about now. Jake, you know what's crazy? I'm already looking at trades that mean you can make and know these aren't even real teams. Well, you know, step into my office. Might I just slither out a Cam Newton for Juju Smith-Schuster? <laughs> no, you cannot. No, you cannot. Uh, I'm going to take that Juju Smith-Schuster to the bank. I wish this was a real team. My receivers are nasty. I'm going to go with a running back here, and it's a tough pick for me if I'm being honest. I'm stalling. Yeah, I mean, you're two minutes and 30 seconds on the clock. <laughs> I, set the cl bad. I set the clock for one hour, so we're all right. All right, so you might not love this pick, but I'm going to go Tevin Coleman here. You know what? That San Francisco backfield was really split throughout most of the year. Matt Breda's gone now. The only reason Raheem Mostert even blew up, and I don't know where he got selected in this draft, super freaking early, but the only reason he blew up was because Tevin Coleman got hurt. Yeah, I can, yeah. And most of Mostert's production, most of Mostert's, most of Mostert's production came from touchdowns. He was scoring yep. a touchdown every game down the stretch, and that's unsustainable. So, really, the value with Tevin Coleman over Raheem Mostert, I'll take Kevin, Tevin Coleman all day in the, uh, where are we at? The beginning of the 10th round. After, right, Jake. after Tevin Coleman, it goes Christian Kirk, and then my brother finally selects C.D. Lamb two rounds after the first rookie wide receiver was taken. What do you think about C.D. Lamb in Dallas? Uh, a lot of people considered C.D. Lamb to be the best receiver in this class. I, for one, am one of those people. Uh, a lot of people were torn between him and Jerry Judy. But I think especially with the landing spot, I like C.D. Lamb. I think the Dallas offense is going to be on fire this year. They're going to be a for sure Super Bowl contender. But how do you no, think they he's... won't? No, they won't. What are you talking about? We're not even getting into. We're not even going to get into real life because Dallas is a train wreck every year. Oh, they're going to be so good this year. They're good, especially when they sign David Njoku. They're going to be off the charts. I like C.D. Lamb. I think he's going to. I think he's going to immediately become the wide receiver too in that offense. I think he's going to demand targets. He's going to overtake Michael Gallup, who could still be valuable in fantasy this yep. year. Actually, Michael Gallup was already taken in this draft, so. Yep. And actually, three rounds earlier. So I'll call that a steal for my brother Tyler, uh, getting C.D. Lamb in the 10th round. After C.D. Lamb, it goes Sterling Shepard, Curtis Samuel, Damian Williams, Mike Williams, John Brown, Rashad Penny. Ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, D. Hall is on the clock with his 10th pick. What do you got, Donnie? All right, Jake. So, obviously, I've messed around at receiver to the point of no return. Uh, I only have two receivers on the board. There's some people that have four receivers. Uh, there's even a team on here that has five receivers, six receivers. Yes, and all two. four of my receivers are better than either of your two receivers. So, you can say you're in trouble, but continue. So, I am going to put my money where my mouth is when it comes to the Drew Brees pick. I'm going to take Mr. Emmanuel Sanders. Nice, nice. I like that. Um, probably a little earlier than his ADP is right now, but it's totally warranted because after that pick, it went Matt Breda, Latavius Murray, and then the next two receivers that were taken were Anthony Miller and Mikula Hardman, and I would take Emmanuel Sanders over both of those two, I think. It's maybe close with Anthony Miller because he's definitely going to be the wide receiver two now in Chicago, but uh, give me the wide receiver two in New Orleans over the wide receiver two in Chicago all day. Okay, Jake, so now you have a couple homer picks on your roster. 
It is now my turn to take a homer pick. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will be taking Mr. Devontae Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Devontae Johnson. My, what is this, amateur hour? Yeah, it must be. Jeez. <laughs> all right. Uh, all in all reality, uh, pretty solid pick there. Uh, that makes your. So what I went with that, Jake, is I went with a pretty sturdy guy in Emmanuel Sanders, and I went with a very high upside guy in yeah. Deontay Johnson, and that kind of averages them out. Yep, I totally understand that. Makes sense. I like Deontay Johnson. He led all rookie wide receivers last year in receptions. Kind of surprising given the breakout of DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. But, yeah, the dude was good. He was solid last year. I think he led the league in target separation. The guy can get open. So it's just a matter at this point of how Ben Roethlisberger utilizes the guy. Yeah, absolutely. After Deontay Johnson, it goes Darius Slayton, Austin Hooper, Alexander Madison. What's this trash? Darrell Henderson, Zach Moss. Oh, it's the, the run of the backups. And then here we go, boys and girls. Trash. The first defense off the board in the New England Patriots. And then my brother with the rookie mistake. He needs to listen to this show more. Listen, kid, I know you're listening to this episode because you're on it. Bad pick. Way too terrible, early. Terrible pick. You got a, you got a great defense. You might have gotten the best defense in the league, arguably, in the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you passed on some studs to make that happen. So sit back. Watch the rest of this draft go and see how a couple of pros get it done. Yeah, it, good thing it's a mock draft there, Tyler. This is not, That's what the mock drafts are for. You live, you learn. Absolutely. After my brother selects the Pittsburgh Steelers, James White goes off the board, and I am back on the clock. Um, again, Donnie and I, I think it was last episode we talked about this, or maybe by the time this comes out, it'll be two episodes ago. Uh, Donnie made the point that just because you're – position needs are filled does not mean you need to slide right into that defense spot and that kicker spot right now i have three of three receivers i have three of two running backs two of two quarterbacks one of one tight ends but zero of one kicker zero of one defense i am not even thinking about it till i might not think about it yeah jake and i you know we touched on that in our last podcast uh you need to know your league you need to know what the requirements are when you leave the draft some commissioners force you to take a kicker in defense. Other commissioners are okay with you just having a kicker on in defense before week one. So uh, if that's the case, sometimes it's best to just wait it all out. And, and you know, I'll, I'll talk about that strategy when we get to that point at the end of the draft. All right. So I'm at the point now where the, the talent's pretty even for me at all the positions here. There's a couple spots I could reach at. Oh boy, oh boy. I I like it all. I like it all to be honest. And my my wide receivers are just so through the roof and I look at these guys who are still on the board and I I still like some of them. Um I could probably use a little more running back depth. And I'm going to do that. And you know what? I'm going to take a real high upside pick here and I'm going to go with rookie DeAndre Swift. If this guy takes over the bulk of carries in that backfield, he's going to be astonishing. This is a guy who early in uh, the offseason was considered the RB1 before the Jonathan ha the Jonathan Taylor hype took off. Um, he was huge at Georgia. He was a stud at Georgia. Uh, he was picked before Jonathan Taylor in the draft, right? Yes. Yes, he was, yep. Uh, second running back off the board sound right? 
Sounds right. Uh, what team is he on? I believe he went like 33. He went to Detroit. Yeah, I think he went 33. 33, 34, 35, something like that. Anyway, the guy can play. The team made it clear, or to me at least is clear, they don't believe in carry-on. He's just not going to be the guy. He's never going to be a workhorse in that backfield. And if I the, agree, Jake, 100%. If, if DeAndre Swift becomes that guy, watch out, because he is going to be good for a long time coming. Jake, that's what we preach, man. We preach lottery tickets in the mid to late rounds. He is certainly a lottery ticket. Yeah, you know what? While we're talking lottery tickets here, I told you guys I was kind of going with the zero RB strategy, and I did that to a point. When we did the zero RB podcast, I told you my definition of the zero RB strategy was taking one running back in the first five picks. I did just that with Todd Gurley in the fourth round. I actually took one running back in the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks before I took Darius Geis. Now is when I start to go heavy. Last round, I took Tevin Coleman. Then I just took DeAndre Swift. I'm going to go with another high upside pick here and a guy who, another rookie who could pop off. He was a stud at Florida State. Aside from having a terrible offensive line, he's got still not a great offensive line, but it's nothing new to him. That is Mr. Cam Akers. I like it. I like it a lot. Yep. A team without Todd Gurley now. Um, Just like Detroit with Carrion Johnson, it seems to me like the Rams don't want Darrell Henderson to be the guy. Um, otherwise they wouldn't have gone out and drafted another round two, round three. I wish I would have checked this before we started. I can't remember where he went, but he was drafted the same round as, uh, they took Henderson last year and they did it again. Uh, Henderson's not going to be the guy. And I think Cam Akers might be. So going Tevin Coleman, DeAndre Swift and Cam Cam Akers with those three picks that goes to show you how this strategy, while a lot of people don't like it, um, it could pay off. Coming out, yeah, Jake. I think it potentially could uh, definitely pay off. Having your running backs look like Todd Gurley, Darius Geist, Tevin Coleman, DeAndre Swift, and Cam Akers, you hear that, and it's like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty solid. But when you follow that with, oh, and my receivers are Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Allen Robinson, and Juju Smith-Schuster, all guys who can finish in the top ten, easy, easy. Um, Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, Cam Akers on the way back was followed by Noah Fant, and then my brother took Marvin Jones Jr. Now, he took that terrible Steelers pick on the last round and then totally redeems himself with Marvin Jones Jr. I like that pick a lot. This is a guy who was neck and neck with Kenny Galladay through the first, like, four weeks of the season. Their stats really weren't all that different um, before Matthew Stafford went down. Matthew Stafford comes back. He's healthy. Uh, the the offense is going to score points. The defense is going to give up points. I like Marvin Jones as a 12th round pick for sure. I Yeah, I think that's a great pick in the 12th round. And I've always been a Marvin Jones guy. He's kind of in the same. He's a poor man's Jarvis Landry, if you will. Never considered that guy, but always gets it done every yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, undervalued in a right. sense like Landry. So after Marvin Jones goes, it goes Tariq Cohen, Alshon Jeffrey, Brian Edwards, I was looking at him. Let it be known before we get to that divisional breakdown. Love Brian Edwards. Uh, The Raiders selected Henry Ruggs as the first wide receiver off the board, who I think is still available in this draft. He is still available, isn't he? Wow. And uh, Brian Edwards goes first. You know what? I don't hate that. Brian Edwards profiles as one of those alpha-type receivers. Um, He's not like the tiny Henry Ruggs kind of guy. He is South Carolina's all-time leader in receiving yards, receptions. This guy can play. I'm telling you now, watch out for Brian Edwards in Las Vegas. 
after Brian Edwards, it goes Paris Campbell, another guy I really like as a sleeper. Sammy Watkins, Jordan Howard. I was eyeing him up. And Donnie, you're up. What position are you looking at? I'm looking at the running back position here, Jake, because I only have three of them on my roster. Mm-hmm. And to me, there's only one running back on this list that could possibly be the starter week one, Mr. Keyshawn Vaughn. Ah, yes, I thought so. I wasn't sure. Uh, I didn't want to spoil the surprise there. But, yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn, great pick here with all the running backs, the rookie running backs that have already gone off the board uh, in the 12th round. If Keyshawn Vaughn gets the majority of carries in that Tampa Bay offense, that's an offense that's going to visit the red zone a ton. Yes, sir. Um, and the one thing Keyshawn Vaughn does particularly better, or a couple of things that he does particularly better than Ronald Jones, uh, I think he's a better pass catcher, which will bode well for him. But what's going to bode really well for him is his pass protection. And he doesn't have to be great at it. He just has to be decent at it. Because Ronald Jones is like mowing over a trash can. He can't protect a quarterback to save his life, and that's not going to fly with Tom Brady in the backfield. Talking about a guy that was in Bruce Arians' doghouse for a big portion of all of his rookie year and a big portion of last year, I think it won't take much to oversee that position. And Keyshawn Bond's certainly a high upside lottery ticket. No, I think it's going to take Ronald Jones missing one blitz pickup and Tom Brady taking a big hit, and his ass is going to ride the pine for a long time, and Keyshawn Vaughn's going to eat in that offense. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. After Keyshawn Vaughn, it goes Tyler Higby, the Buffalo Bills defense. Keep taking those defense, folks. Love it. Uh, Hayden Hurst, A.J. Dillon, who I thought you might snag there, given that you— It was a coin flip between them two. Trust me, it was. Yeah, considering you have um, Aaron Jones. And now it's back to you. And Who do you got with your 13th pick? All right, Jake. I'm at the point now where I I need to take another wide receiver. Um— you know, I'm looking at the four guys I have. There's no one, you know, I have a couple upside guys. There's someone that I think that a lot of people are sleeping on and a guy that has been doing it for years. And we're talking about guy, about a guy that when Golden or then when Daniel Jones is on the field, Golden Tate is money. Give me Golden Tate. Golden Tate. Does it get much safer than Golden Tate? This is, no one talks about this guy, and you're right. He's he uh, he was suspended for the first four years last year for like four P- games. Yes, yeah, for a PED violation. Yeah, that guy just soaks up targets, and he's gonna do it in an offense that doesn't have a ton of receiving options outside of uh, Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley. I mean, the receiver position is really shallow. Maybe Darius yeah. Slayton in New York. Sterling Sh- or uh, Shepherd's there as Sterling well. Sterling Shepherd, yeah. But I think that I think Golden Tate's still the most uh, talented out of all that crop. After Golden Tate, the Dallas Cowboys defense goes, followed by Robbie. <clears throat> excuse me, followed by Robbie Anderson, Irv Smith Jr., the Ravens, the Bears, the Bears, Tony Pollard, and my brother is on the clock and he hasn't picked yet. <laughs> oh, he's getting clowned when I see him. Oh, next. he's gonna get it big time. If he doesn't pick in ten seconds, I'm calling him. You, it, with in fairness, you did take like two and a half minutes. I'm doing a show here. I've got to have some sort of entertainment value. The people need it. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler's eating up airtime right now. He is. Okay, so my brother selects quarterback Joe Burrow uh, with his 13th pick. That leaves him or his quarterbacks with Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger. So my brother's going with the strategy of either drafting 45-year-old quarterbacks or 18-year-old quarterbacks. Nothing in the middle. Yep, yep, absolutely. 
We have our first kicker off the board after Joe Burrow, and it is Justin Tucker. Again, folks, let your league mates do this all day. I love it. When I see these kickers and defenses going off before the 14th round, I love it. I'll take all the value. The more, the merrier. All right, we're at the point late in the draft now where we're really just searching for high upside guys, right? Uh, guys yep. who can pop off and really make up for that late round pick. And these are the guys that you want to take instead of taking a defense or a kicker. Because at this point, like the uh, the defenses left on the board aren't that valuable. Like they're really going to be hit or miss, as is any defense really year to year. Uh, so I'm going to go with someone who I think could have that high upside potential. And it's going to be a wide receiver. And I'm staring at three guys who I like a lot here. Uh, Nikhil Harry who's going to have Cam Newton out throwing to him. I've been thinking about him for like three picks, man. Preston Williams, who was really dynamite uh, while he was healthy in Miami last year, and the first wide receiver taken in the draft in Henry Ruggs. I'm going to go with Preston Williams. He showed us what he can do already, that we've seen the production, and uh, he was good. I have back-to-back picks. I keep forgetting that. I'm going <laughs> to also grab Nikhil Harry here. Preston Williams, Nikhil Harry, back-to-back picks. I haven't taken a receiver since Juju Smith-Schuster in the seventh round. This is how to do it, ladies and gentlemen. This is the blueprint to a championship-winning team. Speak for yourself. I will. I have the belt upstairs to prove it. Oh. After after Nikhil Harry goes, Naeem Hines, oh, man. Dallas Goddard, Damian Harris, Harrison Bucker, uh, Jamison Crowder, the 49ers defense, they slid. Uh, Chase Edmonds, Chase Claypool. Donnie, do you want to take a chase here? So the guy that I'm taking here, and it's a guy we've talked about, Jake. I'm going to take Mr. Henry Ruggs third. Yep, that's a fine pick right there. Uh, really hitting another guy with high upside. I don't know what the Raiders' plans are for him. I don't know if he'll be the wide receiver one in his own offense. Um, but again, we're searching high upside here. This is a big playmaker, a guy who has ridiculous wheels. I think he ran a 4-2 at the Combine. Um, He's a stud. There was a reason he was taking first overall in a loaded wide receiver class, so I like that there in the, what are we at, 13th round? Yes. 14th round. Uh, After Henry Ruggs goes, Darrington Evans, Mike Kosicki, Greg Zerline, the Vikings defense. Donnie, you're up. I'm going to take a guy that I think is a backup to a starter who's the one of the most injury prone running backs in the league. Okay. So, I'm going to take Mr. Anthony McFarland. Yeah, I like that pick. An- another rookie who, you know, the the future I-, I don't know what it holds for Anthony McFarland, but if James Conner goes down, I don't know if it's it totally wheels up for Anthony McFarland. I don't know if he gets the majority of the carries. He's kind of he kind of profiles as a smaller running back, but he was good at Maryland. Um I think it was a great pick for the Steelers in the draft. But we're at that point in the draft where it's the 15th round. You're shooting for upside. I like it. After Anthony McFarland goes Robbie Gold, the Saints defense, Will Lutz, Jerry Judy, uh, Jared Cook, Antonio Gibson, Larry Fitzgerald goes to my brother. I don't hate that pick in the 15th round. What do you think? Is Larry washed up? Is he done? Larry will never be washed up, dude. He reminds me so much of Jerry Rice. It's not even funny. He'll be going in the 15th round in like 2027. I wouldn't go that far. I think this is his last year, but I bet you any money he finishes under wide receiver 40. Uh, Now, uh, after Larry Fitzgerald goes to Los Angeles Rams, and I'm back on the clock here, we are shooting for upside, and that is super difficult to find with running backs at this point. 
Give me Ryan Tannehill in the 15th round. It's a two-quarterback league. I've got Stafford and Teddy Bridgewater as my starters. Just a little insurance here. Now, keep in mind, folks, we're only doing 16 rounds, and that was my 15th pick. Still no kicker. Still no defense. This here will be my last pick, and there's some really nice wide receivers here. This is why I don't want a defense. Um, I'm going to go with Jalen Rager here. High upside. Load up with a couple rookies late in the draft. And that's going to do it for your boy here. No kicker and no defense. I'll worry about that when the time comes. The time won't come because this is a mock draft, but you get the idea. I would have done that anyways. Johnny Smith goes after that. My brother goes with a rookie mistake. Actually, you know what? I don't hate that pick. He took Young Hoku. He's the kicker for Atlanta. And if you're going to take a kicker, you want a kicker in an offense that's going to score a ton of points. Absolutely. That's going to be on their opponent's side of the field often. Um, yeah, that's not a bad kick as much as I want to shit on him. All right, Jake. So you did one end of what we've been talking about all day, uh, all podcast. I'm going to do the other end of if you, if your league makes you finish with a kicker and a defense. Now, obviously, I can't take both because I only have one pick left. But if your league makes you, I would start with the defense, then go to kicker for this reason why. If you're going to stream the position, Jake, at a defense especially because that's what I do unless I get lucky and find one that's hot all year. I usually look at all – I pull up the first week of the season on my phone. Yes, I was just about to say that. And I look at all the matchups, and I take who I think is the best matchup uh, on the on the board the first week of the season. So, obviously, I look at teams that struggled last year on offense and whoever's going against them. So, for this one, Jake, there's not a ton of – options so to speak but i think the best one available jake is a team that's playing the jacksonville jaguars week one with that terrible offense and they're gonna be i gardner Minshew is gonna throw some picks who that i'm gonna take the colts defense nice nice yeah and you know people would shit on that too being like oh you're gonna take the colts that's not a good defense but you're right i mean I just week one. I'm just playing for week one, and then we'll go from there later. Exactly, exactly. Just got a text rolling in from my brother saying, I better be talked about in a positive tone on the podcast. Is that a threat? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Ty. I love you, buddy. You're you're ugly, Tyler. You're ugly. <laughs> um, Let's see. Let's see here. That was it, huh? Yeah, that's it, man. Okay, okay. Fun stuff. Let's do a quick recap of the team's. We're going to post these on Twitter, and you guys can tell me who did better of the three of us. D. Hall comes out with Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees, and Cam Newton at quarterback. Uh, that's pretty much unchallenged. Uh, his running backs, Aaron Jones, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Kareem Hunt, Keyshawn Vaughn, and Anthony McFarland. I like it. Wide receivers, DJ Chark, Julian Edelman, Emmanuel Sanders, Deontay Johnson, Golden Tate, Henry Ruggs, and he caps it off with the Colts' defense. Oh, I can't forget Travis Kelsey in the third round as his tight end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a really good team, Jake. I think that I I love the three quarterbacks I have, and I'm going to use that. If if this was a real league, I would use that on the open trade market to find a, another really solid wide receiver. My brother comes out with his quarterbacks being Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Joe Burrow. Again, the age gap is like 30 years, but that's okay. That's uh, some high-powered throwing offenses. Uh, his running backs, Derrick Henry, Chris Carson, Jonathan Taylor, and that's all. Uh, kind of went shallow with the running back position, only drafting three running backs. Don't know how much I love that. 
So yeah, it works out for him, Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> His receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen, C.D. Lamb, Marvin Jones, and Larry Fitzgerald. I like that a lot. Uh, defense, Pittsburgh Steelers way too early in the 11th round. And Young Hoku with his last pick. Uh, his tight ends, Rob Gronkowski and Dallas Goddard. Uh, you know what? That is my one regret in this draft. I wish I would have taken another tight end. I didn't even think about it with my last pick. Uh, Dallas Goddard there. That was sly. And there's a couple good... Tight ends still on the board. Tight ends are kind of deep this year. So if I could do it over again, I would have taken a tight end with that last pick. But not mad at how my team turned out here. I'm going Matt Stafford and Teddy Bridgewater with Ryan Tannehill backing up at the quarterback position. Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, oh, Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Preston Williams, Nikhil Harry, and Jalen Rager as the wide receivers. I don't even know how anyone's going to beat this team. Todd Gurley. Darius Geist, Tevin Coleman, DeAndre Swift, and Cam Akers at running back, and Mark Andrews at tight end. This has been fun. Donnie, thanks for coming on. As always, we're going to do it again real soon. Been a blast as always. Thanks, brother. Hey, yeah, amen, man. At Near Falls with D-Hall. Come check it out. Instagram and Twitter. Come check it out. Subscribe to the show. Thanks, folks. See you.